Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Let's Talk Football and um, this sort of post-Thanksgiving games episode. Um, I'm joined as always by Rojo, uh, my co-host. Thanks for joining me to talk football today, Rojo. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Uh, and it was a lovely Thanksgiving. A lot of, uh, a lot of turkeys were eaten in America today, uh, yesterday. Uh, there's a turkey genocide, if you will. But uh, not for nothing, there was also uh, a bunch of games yesterday, maybe one of which was worth actually watching, I think. Like, there was, it was, it was rough yesterday it was like america like the nfl like books these games and they don't think like i guess they like i guess you couldn't tell the detroit lion i guess they always the detroit lions get the thanksgiving game out game out of tradition for some weird reasons so that was weird the the cowboys game was weird because like it looked more competitive than it probably should have been because they the cowboys were down their top two wide receivers and then the the saints game going into the bills I was just, uh, yeah, I, if you couldn't call that game from a mile away. Granted, I mean, the Bills have been weird recently, but I, I felt like the Bills were going to win that game. They kind of had to. Yeah, I agree, um, and we'll get into all that. But um, this is a bit off topic, but something I've said to a few people, do you feel like there's a big topic of discussing, like you mentioned about the Lions, why do they keep getting the Thanksgiving games? Do you think the NFL would benefit from maybe waiting to pick the Thanksgiving games until you see what are the hot teams, if you will, and maybe flexing the games a couple of weeks before. Do you feel that's something what they could benefit? Because it's such a big deal, obviously, in the US for Thanksgiving. And um, let's be honest, it wasn't the strongest lineup of games. No, I mean, I, I, I would think it would be an amazing idea if they could do it. I don't know if they can. You know, I think there's part of the TV deals that you know restrict how much they can flex games. Um, I'm sure the TV channels would love it if they could flex games into there, though. I'm sure if you know, sometime in the future, I'm sure, you know, with the CBA and the new contracts, I'm sure they will get to that point where they'll flex them. I, I think they feel like they don't need to. Uh, I feel like it's always been the NFL is that they, you know, when they make the schedule, they want to make the schedule mostly set, you know, especially, you know, you got to realize these are three Thursday games, you know, so these are short weeks for those teams. Uh, but then they get another, you know, they, they get a, another 10 days to their next game, hopefully, although I think one of them actually plays next Thursday. I think the Saints play next Thursday. It's weird because the 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 Thanksgiving games are the only ones where you're likely to also get another Thursday night game somewhere down the line, possibly, but not always. Uh, in fact, I think the Cowboys already had a Thursday night game. They opened up the season on a Thursday night game, so could you know it would probably be a great thing because that's probably when the most casual amount of people watch football is on Thanksgiving. Um, like people who aren't necessarily going to be watching football might watch it. So I agree. I, I think, you know, I, I don't even think you have to go as far as trying to flex games to Thursday. I think you just got to figure out like before the season starts, like, Hey, what teams might be good for, you know, Thanksgiving. That could be like a good, 
you know, instead of just giving us the Lions and the Cowboys every year, and at least those two have to be in two of the games, like that's rough. And and if those two aren't playing each other, you're kind of, you know, strapping two of your games down. I think that's a little weird that they do that. You know, you would want better games on Thanksgiving. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I agree. And also, um, it would be nice if different fan bases had their team play on Thanksgiving rather than it's just the same fan bases that shares it around as well. So um, I'm sure that's something what um, we'll talk about for many other Thanksgiving episodes before um, anything changes. But um, starting with the first game, um, I'm tempted to say there was a few turkeys running about on the field because um, I think it's fair to say not many people was expecting much from this lineup, and um, it wasn't, shall we say, the highest quality of play on the field. Um, do you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, it was probably one of the worst Thanksgiving Day games I think I've seen in a while. Um you know, I, I the, the Lions could have put Tim Boyle out there would have been the same problem anyway. They just it did not look good. Um, it almost looked like the Lions were going to win this game all the way down to the wire. And then, you know, Bears got that last minute field goal or last second field goal at the end at the end of the game. It was, you know, it, going into it, we knew. Right. But going in the last year, I mean, actually probably knew back then, too. Like there were probably more exciting games to put, even Detroit Lion games. There were probably more exciting Detroit Lion games for Thanksgiving, but I, I think the NFL doesn't actually care. And I think the twelve thirty games considered like uh, okay, people are casually watching this one. You know, maybe they're not really focused in yet. They're usually maybe driving to wherever they're going, so maybe they don't look at this twelve thirty game as that big of a deal. Uh, like I said, I feel like the the middle game, the one the Cowboys Raiders game, like that's a time slot that ends up being very watched because that's usually when most Americans are like with their families and maybe eating dinner, but also watching the game. And so, but yeah, I, I think the it was just a rough game to watch. It was you know especially after DeAndre Swift goes down. So if you're a fantasy player, like you know you're getting what three point nine points from DeAndre Swift for that game. You know, if you're a TJ Hawkinson owner, if you're somebody who risked the start on Josh Reynolds, you maybe felt pretty good about it. Um, but even like the both teams have been beat up. You know, there's not a lot of talent in their receiving rooms. You know, the Bears didn't have Allen Robinson. They didn't even have their rookie quarterback where people kind of would have been like, ooh, the new guy in town is playing. They had to play Andy Dalton because he, you know, because Justin Fields had some uh, some rib issues. Yeah, um, I agree it wasn't ideal. And from someone who owned DeAndre Swift in fantasy, um, injury wasn't ideal for me. And um, looking at it from a quarterback point of view, I don't think anyone wants to see Jared Goff and Andy Dalton go head-to-head ever again. No, and when they came out with these schedules, they knew Jared Goff was going to be the quarterback, so you at least knew it was going to be somewhat of an anemic uh, QB situation going into this, so I don't know why you would pick these two teams for this day. I know the Lions are almost guaranteed it, but if you're going to guarantee the Lions, at least, you know, 
maybe make it a, a, a fun team to watch against the Lions. Like again, like the Ravens had played them earlier this season. Um, there was there's other teams that they could have played on on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was about to say, was thinking to myself, is there any bright spots from this game? What um I can bring up, but it literally is hard. To think, I guess for Bears fans, uh, Mooney looked good as he normally does uh, for them, but it is hard to think of many sort of highlight reels. Uh, I'm really struggling, to be honest with you. Josh Reynolds looked good for uh, like a half a second in that game. And, you know, oh, wow, we have a, a weapon for Jared Goff who couldn't make it as a as the fourth wide receiver on the Titans, which should tell you enough about how what the, the wide receiver situation is on the Detroit Lions. Um, other than that, uh, defense, blah, blah, blah. I... I really that Lions game's rough. like Lions Bears is rough because again you're not even seeing the future of these teams playing for the most part. Like you're not seeing who the next quarterback's going to be because again Justin Fields didn't play. Uh, you know you're seeing a lot of the the depth problems that are happening for the Bears, especially at corner and wide receiver. Uh, and then you look at Detroit and you see that they literally have basically no wide receiver and, and their quarterback can barely throw to the wide receivers as it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, on a different subject, there's a lot of rumors regarding Matt Nagy. Um, do you buy into that? I don't necessarily think he should stay in a job, but I would be shocked if He's gone before the end of the season, particularly as they apparently had to address the players and guarantee they weren't moving on from him. So I just can't see anything happening before the end of the season. Do you agree? I mean, it would have been hard to fire him after a win, too. Like, that was the rumor was he was going to get fired after Thursday. And it was, you know, if they had lost that game, maybe they would have. But I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of rumors going around about the Bears. You know, Matt Nagy was going to get fired. I don't think he's going to get fired before the end of the season because it's not what the Bears do. In their whole 101 years of being the Bears, they haven't fired a head coach in the season. So I I doubt that he gets fired in the season, but it's not impossible. Uh Yeah, I, I it, it is weird. It's weird how things have been handled with that chance of you know fire matt nagy at his son's high school football game like it's kind of like weird shit yeah i, I don't like how a lot of it's been handled also have a bit of class don't get me wrong i'm not sticking up for nagging anyway in regard to how he does his job but that is uh, um his kids going so for me there's just some things you don't do. Um, there was a story um, when um, a beat reporter was following uh, Joe Douglas, apparently, to his kids' high school uh, game and uh, stalking him around the ice cream truck last season. So these stories do crop up, and every time it's a bit weird, and like I say, 
Um, I don't love those stories coming out. Yeah, it just doesn't look good, and it's not good. And uh, I mean, it's, it really doesn't look good on the reporters when they do stuff like that. It's another thing for like fans to be doing it, but even still, I don't like it when fans do it either. Like fans can have some class as well. You don't need to start breaking out a chance at a kid's football game at a high school or whatever. And you know, like it, some of this stuff needs to be handled better. And listen, if Nagy is fired at the end of the season, then so be it. If he's fired before the end of the season, so be it. You know, it's somebody's job. It's somebody's livelihood. It's not just one person's job and livelihood either. It's a lot of people's. It's, you know, it's the other people who work for that team who are affected by that. It's, you know, some of the players have kind of almost been keying in that, yeah, that is something that might be happening or that they don't, you know, that there's like a vote of no confidence there. But I don't know. Like, I really I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. We'll see what happens. They won a game. We'll see what happens next week. We'll see what happens by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, So moving on to, as you mentioned, probably the most competitive game um, in the Cowboys Raiders. Um, The Cowboys are in an interesting spot. A month ago, they were sort of flying high, and I know they do have injuries, but there's they do seem to have lost a bit of their mojo a little bit. Um, and I know they've got injuries at receiver, O-line, and Seeks, Karen and Nock. But they just seem to, over the last couple of weeks, find a way to uh, lose. And that included penalties. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, there was like 22 penalties that added up to almost like 200 yards in total yardage. It was rough. Like, that was annoying to watch. And, like, some of it was warranted, and some of it was like, okay, like, is that okay? Like, it was, again, like, it was just not great. The You don't like seeing that, you know, you don't like seeing the refs being a big part of the game. But some of it, you know, some penalties are, you know, valid penalties too. some of them. Some of the ones on the Raiders were imaginary, too. Like, it wasn't like it was one sided. It was just the refs throwing flags left and right. And there were a lot of P.I. calls. There was a lot of now, granted, part of it was Anthony Brown is not a great cornerback. You know, he got a couple of pass interferences. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought they were I, I thought the Raiders had a chance in this game because of the injuries for the the Cowboys, because they didn't have their star wide receivers, because they didn't, you know, have uh, Tyron Smith at left tackle. They were playing a rotation at left tackle. I think it was like Steele and Lael Collins, and I don't know what the heck they were doing. But it was uh, it was an okay game. Again, it was a good game for the most part. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a really cool long touchdown. Hunter Renfro had like a crazy 50 yard bomb. So uh, overall, like, again, it was a, it was a fun game to like, it was one of the, it was the better game of the, of the early ones. It was probably the best game of the day. You know, the fact that it went to overtime was kind of almost shocking on its own end. Um, But overall, like it was like, did I, it it was, like I said, it was probably the best game of them. Uh, Zeke hasn't looked that great. Uh, they're not like, I, I don't know what the, the, the Cowboys are. 
I, I still don't think the I, – I thought if this was any other team, I feel like if the Cowboys had their full arsenal weapons, they probably would have won against the Raiders. If the Raiders were going up against another team that was more set with their their lineup, I feel like that team would have won here uh, because the Raiders feel like they're all over the place right now. They're losing really weird games. Their best receivers, Deshaun Jackson and Hunter Renfro. Um it's not looking great for the Raiders, even in a win that like, okay, like it was a good win and Derek Carr looks pretty good as a quarterback, but you know, I think that team is starting to look very mentally worn. Yeah, I agree. I think there's just been too much dysfunction around the organization that this sounds dramatic, but they're just broken. Yeah. And again, it's a, you know, it's a win. Like they won straight out. They won. They got it down to, they got the field goal. That was the weird part too. They had a false start and then an encroachment penalty back to back on the field goal to, to win the game. So, uh, yeah, it, overall the, the Raiders looked like, again, they, they looked good in this game, but part of that's because the Cowboys were kind of like undermanned and a little underpowered. Micah Parsons looked really good. I uh, was able to to do really well as a, as a rusher. Um, yeah, it, the Raider, the the Cowboys still have their shot of you know they're still the best team in their division, you know, hands down. Like I, I don't think it's even a debate at, right at this point that uh, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. But you know they probably still wanted to win that game, and now they got to go ahead and fight next week. Yeah, Andre. Um... Do you think, I know you said, obviously, about that we're the best team in that division, but do, would you be worried about the Eagles because they're gaining some momentum and it, this would have been crazy to say uh, a couple of weeks ago, but you, they've got to be in the conversation. Yeah, I guess. Um, it also doesn't help the NFC in total isn't really a great conference this year like you know there's going to be some weird teams that make it in even in the wild card games so we'll see what happens there uh the eagles seem to have found an identity i think it's more of a i don't know if it's their long-term identity but it's clearly their identity for right now um you know a lot of running very little passing the defense is looking better and better each week uh, with Darius Slay and Steve Nelson and that D-line with uh, with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. So I overall, like I kind of I, I get like I do think that there's going to be some competition. There's always competition, but I still think that, you know, nine times out of ten, if I'm you know, those two teams are playing each other, the Cowboys are going to win or at least like more more times out of a ten time race. I don't know if it's nine times out of ten. But again, I think like. But you're right. Like, you know, not for nothing. The Eagles should get a lot of credit for at least adapting to what their guys are able to do well with Jalen Hurts and their their running back core. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, um, that's where I stand. We'll see now if they can, if we're still having this conversation in, say, two weeks time, then um, we can start to take them a bit seriously. But, um, well, I'm going to be honest. I don't have much trust in any team in that division to go on the run. So, uh, as you say, we'll see. Yeah, I you know, like the Giants are getting rid of Garrett. Um, 
you know, the, the Washington football team's at least starting to win games, but I don't know, like they're losing players and they're winning games. Like, I don't know how that's going to work for them long-term, although they got part of their, their offense is looking better. So, you know, on the one end, Washington's offense is looking better as well, but their defense is kind of taking, you know, I mean, Jonathan Allen is still a stud, but, uh, you know, they don't have Montez Sweat. I think still they, they lost Chase Young for the year. So I, you know, I would otherwise I would say they were also probably in the same argument for the NFC East as well. Uh, Giants just look so I don't know what's going on there. And then, yeah, the Eagles again if they keep doing what I I don't know if they're built to win games from behind though. So if they get behind, I don't know what's going to end up happening. Yeah, I mean, where I stand is I've more faith in the Cowboys, but if those two teams take games off the Cowboys when they go head to head, then this becomes a different conversation. But I'm intrigued by what they're doing, but it's a little too late at this stage until they prove they can beat the Cowboys. Yeah, fair enough. I I kind of agree. I think right now it's prove it to me until it's not been proven. We've seen the Cowboys do do really well against really good teams, and I think that's kind of the the, the point there too. Yeah, I agree. Um, so moving on to the last game, and we spoke about this sort of before we went on there. Um, Buffalo really needed this game. Um, the Patriots, as we spoke about last week, are rolling, and Buffalo's been struggled in recent weeks. And um, a month ago, I'm sure even they thought this division was theirs, and that they'd have to do a lot to lose it. Well, um, that's in real danger now. I know it was a um, big win, but it's against a Saints side. What are, um, shall we say, not in the best position for quarterback place. Uh, they should win, and they needed two after. In the last four weeks, they've had two real stinker performances. Uh, um, how do you feel about this win, Roger? Um, I mean, I feel like they 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 should have won this game. So, like again, walking into it, like you look at what the Saints had. And how the Saints have been performing, and like again, a lot of the Saints' deficiencies—the no wide receiver room, quarterback room's kind of a mess right now. Taysom Hill's kind of injured. They're playing uh, Trevor Simeon, who nobody wants as their starting quarterback, and they barely want him as their backup. So they're in a weird situation um, with the the Saints. So I, you know, I don't, I didn't look at them as super competitive as as an opponent. I feel like they're going to win games they are not supposed to every once in a while. But going into this game, they just looked really roughed up as well. And then looking at the Bills, like, you're right. The Bills needed to win this one. They had to have a win here. And they got to keep winning because, you know, their division's kind of tight. It's going to be a really rough race in the AFC to get into the the playoffs because there's a lot of winning teams in the AFC right now. And if your your record's not going to go ahead and help, then you're going to have some real problems. Um I, you know, as far as, you know, the Bills versus the Patriots, you know, going into the future, I think it's going to, I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm shocked they have, you know, uh, I'm kind of excited to see how those teams do going into, you know, I, I'm pretty sure both those teams are going to be playoff locks for most people. 
but going forward, but I still, you know, I'm still intrigued. I'm still intrigued by, and I, I still think they're both very good teams. Um, the Bills lost Trey White in last night's game, so that kind of hurts them. Yeah. Um, their run defense has not been great recently, and then also their guard play has not been great. So the the Bills have weaknesses, and they're very noticeable weaknesses, and if they don't, like, they're not going to get addressed anytime soon. So you really have to hope when they go up against another team that they don't get found out. Josh Allen's been throwing a lot more, uh, you know, interceptions or potential interceptions. He's had kind of a, you know, up and down year this year. Uh, not as consistent as last year, but he's still the playmaker on that offense. Him and Stephon Diggs match up very well together. Um, and Diggs is just uh, an amazing wide receiver and and hard to to quiet down. So, you know, as long as they have Diggs, they have a shot. But, you know, like, I don't think Beasley and Sanders add that much to that wide receiving room anymore. Those guys are just kind of hitting their, their the ends of their career. And, you know, we'll see how long those guys keep going and, you know, when the next guys step up for them. But, uh, you know, I saw they were using Matt Breida a little bit more again. You know, we'll see if that continues. Uh, but yeah, their Bills run game's been kind of weird. Their guard play's been weird, and then like their run defense has not been great. Now losing Trey White, you know, it's possible their defense will take even a further step back. Yeah, um, I mean, for anyone what hasn't caught up on it, Travis Wright is out for the season. Um, Adam Scheffner was reporting, so. I'm sure that's going to be a blow to them because he's the lead of that secondary and and a very good player and he's definitely someone they would have wanted for the sort of season as it closes out. So um, a big blow to them. Um, And not so much about the game, but um, who do you have more faith in um, going forward uh because um buffalo is a side what um a lot of people had as a contender um and to be honest with you at this stage i've more faith in the patriots than buffalo they can change my mind where we've got two matchups against the patriots and the bills coming up and um that could sway my opinion um, in there, but just on recent performances, I've more faith that the Patriots are more of a contender. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there to some degree. I feel like the Patriots are the more complete team. Um, so if you're telling me which one of these two I think is absolutely going to get into the, the, the playoffs, I think I'm going to probably lean the same way and say probably the Patriots. Uh, but if you're asking me which of these teams has that X factor to take them that next step further, it's, I do think that the the Bills have some of that. I would have felt a little bit better if, you know, Trey White didn't get injured. Um, you know, going into, you know, who, who's going to make it out of the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, I would have probably still said, like, that's the thing. I think the Patriots are pretty much a sure guaranteed playoff spot. 
But what I feel like with the Bills is that they're the team that can win against, like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. They can win against, you know, and not for nothing. So can, you know, a lot of teams are now showing that they can at least put up a fight against the Chiefs uh, as long as you're playing cover two. But um, still, I, I, you know, I look at the Patriots and I go, they, you know, overall, they look really good for, you know, they look like they're going to probably make the playoffs. I would feel very comfortable saying that. Do I think they're a Super Bowl contender? I don't know, like maybe, but you know, does, does Mac Jones have that extra oomph when the, you know, when not everything's going your way, when your defense isn't playing lights out, when your run game isn't amazing, does he have that thing going for him? And I, I don't know yet. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Um, and I honestly I think it could change um, depending um, on injuries and so forth. One thing's for sure, I don't think um, the Bills need any more injuries, particularly in that secondary. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm intrigued to see how Josh Allen does against the Patriots' defence. And... Um, I'm intrigued also to see how Max Jones does against another sort of contender. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see how, you know, how the Bills prepare for the Patriots. Um, do they, I think they have two more games against the Patriots, right? Have they not played the Patriots at all yet? No, they've got, I believe it's two in three weeks or something like that. Yeah, because that's a strange one that they didn't put like a divisional matchup between those two teams sooner. But that seems to be a very common thing this year. We had a lot of divisional matchups towards the end of the season. Um, I know like the AFC North like all plays each other like through the last like month and a half. So yeah, I get it. But like I you know sometimes you like having like a divisional game earlier in the season and then seeing like how those teams grow over the course of the the season. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, so um, that pretty much wraps up the episode. Other than to say we'll be back next week, and also thanks um, for joining me um, on this post Thanksgiving episode, Roger. Thanks for having me. And everybody, tune in again next week and uh, like, follow, subscribe, uh, join the Facebook groups, join, follow the Twitter. Do all the things that you need to do to keep this thing alive. Um, and uh, thanks for having me back on. And uh, it was great. And I hope you had a great week. And I hope you have a great week going forward. Yep. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Rojo. I'm looking forward to next week. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to follow Rojo. His handle's down below. And... Um, We'll be back next week. So thanks for listening. Let's talk sports. Thanks.